0: Out of here. What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky, I'm pretty sure it's dead. It's coming this way. Wait a minute, hey! I'm ghosted by Ross Dress please! Hey Boo, it's me. Roz, we have another listener episode this week, and I am so excited about it. This one is a good one. Oh, I Maybe I don't say this enough, but you guys are the best, and I love you so much, and you really are helping me get through this weird, weird time, and I can't believe it's been however many months now, and it's still happening And it's just always so nice to hear from you guys. And I hope you enjoy this listener episode today. I also want to thank you guys, those of you that joined my Patreon. So I'm probably going to be talking about Patreon a lot from now on, just because I'm hoping that it can also be a really good visual aid that can go along with this podcast, especially as the uh, weeks and weeks go on. I'm sure that there'll be certain things that we talk about that maybe I can delve into deeper on Patreon. And I'm also hoping to do a little bit of ghost hunting videos of my own and go to some haunted places. And I'm also going to be, you know, doing some spooky things with, you know, like dolls and ghost videos on YouTube and all that stuff that we talk about on the show that's kind of more visual. I want to get into that a little bit more. So thank you guys for joining my Patreon. And if you haven't, no worries, your support by listening to this show is major. Uh, But you know, if if you can stand a little bit more of me, and if you're able to contribute, it would be so great. I have tiers on Patreon that start at $5 a month to get that video content. And uh, I just I really hope it will be a way for me to channel all this creativity that's been pent up the past few months because I am out of work. So it would help me so much. So to do that, it is uh, patreon.com slash and I'll be doing videos every Tuesday and every Thursday, that's today, I'm going to be having bonus clips from every single new episode from here on out. And this week... I talk to four fantastic listeners of this show. First up, we've got Kathleen, who works in hospitals, and she talks to us about hospital ghosts, which is so fascinating, and then she starts bringing more spookiness, and I was like, oh, we gotta put this on Patreon as a bonus, so when you listen to her talk, you're gonna be like, oh, I gotta hear more, so after we've got Kathleen, we have Caitlin on the show today, who recently had a baby, brings the baby home from the hospital, and and stuff starts getting freaky around the house. And then we have our first ever listener that calls in from Australia, which is a crazy time zone difference from me here in Hollywood. And uh, he woke up early and he really brought it. So we've got Peter. And rounding out the show, we've got Annie, who grew up in a spooky haunted house in New Hampshire these listener episodes are so special to me and i just love doing them and so please if you would like to be on one send me an email at ghostedbyroz@gmail.com at gmail.com with the subject line listener episode and uh, we can figure something out so without further ado here is this month's listener episode on with the show hello Hello. Is this Kathleen? Yes. Hi, Roz. Hi. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So, wait a minute. You're a nurse?
1: I am.
0: Have you had hospital spookiness happen?
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, really? it's always... You know It's so yeah. weird?
0: Like We have barely ever heard that on this show, and I'm dying to hear about it. Yeah,
1: no, I've been a nurse for six years, and most of the time it's pretty silly stuff. Um, I'm trying to think, like, so. And I worked nights for a long time, so you know, like, there was one time when I was charting, and no, yeah, I was in a room charting, and I felt the scratch on my leg, and was so like, turned around, I'm like, what is that? And there was the security people pushing a dead body down the on the cart down the hall. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I just wanted to say hello. Um, Wait,
0: but did you, did it touch you or it just like something else?
1: I think it was just trying to say hi. It just scratched me. Like, I mean, they were, they were, and I saw them go through the doorway. They were down the hallway, but you know, just like stuff like that. Um, I think they're just trying to get my attention.
0: Now, is it a thing in the hospital where people talk to each other about this kind of stuff? Like...
1: Oh, I am. Nurses and
0: doctors and stuff.
1: I do. I mean, like, I'd be one of those people where every time I had to float to a different unit, I'd kind of get to know, you know, settle in, usually wait till about like one when we start charting and be like, um, Hey, so what kind of ghost do you guys experience over here? And I'd say, you know, most people, especially the old, like crusty nurses definitely (laughs) have their, their stories, their experiences. Um, and it's really interesting too, kind of like getting to hear the different ghosts, like the oncology ghosts or like the children ghosts, um, you know, like, or like ghosts in the OR, um, or units that used to be certain units and stuff like that. Um,
0: well, have you heard anything that like really freaked you out?
1: Um, heard, (laughs) yeah, well, there's one this it didn't happen to me. It happened to a, it happened at actually a different night that I wasn't working. But there was a patient who passed away, and I guess all of a sudden the call light went off in that room, and the nurse thought like, oh maybe the you know somebody bumped the light on accident, and she went back in the room, and the patient was actually sitting up, and looked at the nurse and was like, why did you guys put a sheet over my head? Huh. And they like. <laughs> literally like fainted i guess the patient just like came back to life it was this older lady and they were like oh uh, uh to like call the doctor and the doctor like yeah this patient came back alive so you might want to like erase that time of death on the death certificate um, oh,
0: And then, the- God, but she really was dead
1: <laughs> she yeah like the, the the doctor like like had like listened to her you know didn't hear any heartbeats and then he came back down and was like yeah, I guess I'll just put those orders back in like for her medications. And then she ended up passing away another like 30 minutes later. But that was a pretty funny ordeal.
0: Oh my God. Where, are you? where are you?
1: I'm in San Diego.
0: Oh, amazing. But
1: I've worked, but I've worked in uh, Nebraska and Iowa and Idaho. And uh, at know, hospitals. Like, mm-hmm. And for me, you know, like, there's also been several instances where like I'm, rushing down the room because I saw on the monitor like a lethal cardiac rhythm and I like w- speed into that room and then I realized oh my gosh there's nobody in here like I swear on the monitor like I would see this called like ventricular tachycardia and there's nobody in there
0: like what is that all like about?
1: that's that's been that was weird that's happened before for me or I'll be like waiting for another staff member to gather supplies to go into a room. (laughs) This actually is kind of funny. And I was sitting there charting and somebody walks past the computer down the hallway. I thought it was that the other charge nurse. And so I was like, oh okay, like I'll be there in a second. And I go down, I follow this person down the hallway. They're wearing all black. It I wasn't really like staring at them. I was kind of like looking at my stuff. And then all of a sudden I get to the end of the hallway and there's no one there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, did I just really follow a ghost all the way down the hallway? Like That's embarrassing. Like rookie nurse mistake.
0: Oh my gosh. This is so fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. And then there there was some like really like dark stuff too. Like, um, well there was good. So like one of the units I worked on, we would have patients that were there for like months and months and months at a time and we developed relationships with them all. And after they passed, it would almost be like losing a friend. And Mm -hmm. it's happened like three or four times where those people then visited me in dreams and you know showed me like that they were fine they were doing all right and that was really really cool to see and wow. I would go back to work and, and like sell that to people I'm like yeah like in my dream I saw this person he was at the grocery store like <laughs> like cooking he was like all with his friends and his family he's like up and walking and they're like oh my gosh like, that's so cool like I don't know um that was all like the really happy stuff and then yeah I no that's in- really amazing I worked in the ER also and there were a lot of times where I'd see like obviously like really traumatic, like like horrible ways people have died. And there's been some people that have attached themselves to me and I go home and I'm just literally haunted by them for weeks until I think fig- trying to figure out what to do. Kind of like reliving, mm. like seeing the way they died like outside of the ER. That's happened. Yeah, I That's can been only imagine. Really freaky. Um but try to think, oh, there's been a couple I've learned like pretty quick on not to say like like and um it's not to tell like a patient that I saw someone in the room unless I'm like 100 percent sure that they're actually human. There's been a couple of times where like I think I see somebody in there, like or I'll see somebody kneeling next to the bed or standing there and I'm like, oh that's sweet. Like they have a visitor and I'll go in and I'll be like, Hey, like I saw someone in here earlier. Like, you have a nice visit? And they'd be like, There's no one in here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm actually thinking of another patient. Sorry, <laughs> never mind. But that's happened a couple of times where, like, now I know, like, not to say anything unless I'm like one thousand percent sure, or else wow, I like, okay. kind of freak them out too.
0: I have so many questions. First of all, okay. So my first question, mm-hmm. as as somebody that works in in hospitals, do you? What what why do you think uh, ghosts would be in a hospital? Now now I would guess that there's probably a lot of spirits that don't realize that they have died and maybe they're still around. Um, I mean, what what do you think? Or is it is it them leaving? You know, they're leaving their bodies and they're kind of wandering around. Or
1: yeah, you know, I think it totally depends on the hospital too and the unit. So you know, like in my time on like. ICUs or where you have patients that are in comas for a long time like I can literally see their spirit Hovering above them and I think they're in this This space. I don't really know what it is Exactly, but they're in this kind of in between for such a long time. I think Mm -hmm. their spirits kind of used to it and it's familiar to them Um, and you know, like some hospitals too, like ones that have more of a rehabilitation emphasis, they've got these, like, they look like playgrounds. Like they've got all these fun like balls and blocks and things. And I think those attract a lot of child spirits because they look like they're fun to play with. And I know like the hospital I'm currently at, the rehab department stuff is always being moved around. Like they come in every day and stuff's just like all over the place. And then I think like in the like in the ER, you have a lot of people that die like really suddenly and they die in really traumatic, awful ways. And I think those like those spirits are just trapped. Like they're just trying to figure out like what in the heck is going on.
0: Um, right. So, I yeah, think I, I mean, I can imagine. Yeah. The different different units would probably have different ghosts for different reasons.
1: Yeah. And then I don't know if you're familiar with like the Hillcrest area in San Diego. So that's where I am now. <laughs> yeah. And that's like Grand Central Station for hospital ghosts because you've got UCSD, you've got Scripps, you got like several different big hospital systems and then plus a lot of little ones. So like I just see people like passing in, like in and out all the time throughout the hospital. But I don't think they're necessarily haunting. They're just... <laughs> they're just going wherever they're going and
0: they're, right. they're going wherever yeah.
1: they see light or they see someone that can see them.
0: That's what I'm wondering, like if go stick around or if it's more just, because, uh, you know, with, with hospital, I mean, if you look at the living in hospitals, it's like people are coming in and out constantly. And mm-hmm. so I wonder if it's like that for spirits as well. Or if there are some, I mean, I'm sure it's so di- case by case, but I'm sure that there are some that linger around. But probably for the most part, it's probably like a temporary.
1: Mm-hmm. Ghost. And I think there's also just a lot of really random ghosts too that aren't associated with the hospital. Uh, like I had the hospital that I'm at now, we had an EBS worker take a really good ghost picture and <laughs> I had him send it to me. And it's a woman in a lace dress. So, like, mm-hmm. nobody that would be in the hospital. But I think just the area that it is, I think it just, it must attract other spirits as well since there's so much commotion.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Thank you for being here. This is Caitlin, right?
2: Yes, it is.
0: Hi, Caitlin. Where are you?
2: I am outside of Chicago, Illinois.
0: Love it. It's one of my favorite
2: places. Oh, awesome! Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fun, you know. It's very, very. uh, We're kind of getting a break from the heat finally, thank God. So that's good.
0: Well, congratulations! I saw you just had a child.
2: Yes. Yeah, our first baby. Um, He was born at the end of March, um, kind of right after everything shut down due to COVID, which. Um, was interesting, you know, definitely not what we anticipated, but it's all good, you Uh, know.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that had to be pretty wild. But then when I was reading your email, you were talking about some paranormal stuff that happened around that time. What happened?
2: Yeah, so um, definitely also very unexpected with everything that was going on. So And I'll try to kind of, uh, you know, get through the story, and hopefully it makes sense and everything is all good. But so we brought uh, our son home from the hospital. um, Like I said, at kind of the end of March, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of preface it by saying we've never had anything weird happen in our home. We've lived here now for about three years. The home is about 50 years old, and only a couple families have lived here prior to us, and. You know, totally fine, no weird experiences, no nothing, and um you know, always felt comfortable inside the house, and like I said, no experiences of anything weird ever and then we brought our son home from the hospital, and uh, my husband was home with me for about two weeks after I gave birth, and um you know, we were just kind of going through the whole like newborn new parents kind of dealing with that, and then about two weeks after. I had our baby, uh, my husband went back to work and, you know, he's in construction. So he, he, he's not doing the whole work from home thing that everyone is kind of doing nowadays. So he was physically out of the home during the day. I was at home by myself with the baby and our, our dog. And um, I started noticing just really weird things happening around the house. Like lights would be on that I know for a fact were off. Doors would be open that I know were closed. Um, I started hearing like footsteps, which was obviously super unnerving being like a young mom at home alone with like her baby. And it was just like, all of a sudden, all these weird things just started happening. And I didn't really say anything to my husband initially because I was like, you know, I just don't really know how to approach this with him because like i said it's it's just never been something that we've experienced in that home and i posted my experiences on this like facebook group that i'm a part of that kind of talks about like paranormal stuff and um a lot of the people on there were like you know is it possible that maybe it's like a grandparent or a parent or a family member who may have passed away who's maybe like now checking in and seeing you know their new addition to the family, basically. And I was like, I mean, maybe, but because I have now lost all of my grandparents, unfortunately. And I was like, maybe that's kind of what I was thinking, kind of hoping for. But it was kind of a nice thought, but I never really felt that way, I guess, because like, whatever it was i felt in the house it didn't feel malevolent Mm -hmm. but it also didn't really feel good if that makes sense like it just kind of felt very neutral and just kind of like hello i'm here now i'm in your house and my grandparents were all super lovely amazing kind wonderful warm people and it just didn't feel like the presence that you would expect from someone like that, if that makes sense, yeah, and you know, so I just kind of went about it, and you know my my son, when I would be holding him in the nursery, he would start to kind of focus on stuff that wasn't there, and he would kind of giggle at something like across the room, and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> and you know, again, people were like, well, you know, infants at that stage, you know, they kind of their their eyesight. And senses are still developing, so they could see something across the room and just, you know, be like, "Oh, that's interesting," you know, because they don't know what it is. And I, you know, so i like trying to like, or it could definitely be a ghost. <laughs> and then with like everything going on, um, I was talking to another friend of mine who, you know, she. She's a little bit more into the occult and she's you know very well versed in kind of like things that are paranormal or or kind of you know that that all that kind of stuff and i've always been into the paranormal but you know she's she's definitely like you know she's she's a practicing witch and you know she kind of does like spirit work and stuff and i was kind of talking to her about it and i was like you seem like someone that i can really talk to about this and try to you know maybe you can kind of get a sense of what's going on here And I appreciate her because she also looks at things from a very logical perspective too. And she's like, okay, you know, the things that are going on in your house, like, let's try to look at this logically. Like you guys just had a baby, you know, new parents, usually pretty tired, you know, they're exhausted. They're, you know, kind of in a new kind of, you know, potentially stressful situation with, you know, things going on with like their baby and, and life and trying to figure it out she's like is it possible that you could just kind of be going through something where you guys are really tired and exhausted and the exhaustion could be playing tricks on your mind where maybe you're not remembering things or um you know just having you know thoughts of things that you might have thought you did that really you didn't and i'm like i would normally agree with you but Our child has been like an awesome sleeper since birth, which like we're super thrilled about. Like, I mean, even as a newborn, he was only waking up once per night and he started sleeping through the night at two months old, which was like even impressive to our pediatrician. So (laughs) we've we've never we were never like the typical like, oh, man, new parents, you know, that you'll see on like TV shows or movies or, you know, people who have gone through it where it's like your baby's waking up like. Every hour wanting to eat, and you're just so exhausted. We never had that, really. Wow, you got um, lucky. I know we got so lucky, but you know, and and so that's why when she mentioned that, I was like, normally would totally agree with you, but our little unicorn baby, you know, we've thankfully been pretty well rested, so I don't think it's that. And you know, she's like, you know, because there was one situation where, um. Our home is structured like kind of a very typical Midwestern like split level home. So um, like you walk in the front door and you're in this kind of like landing area where like you look you walk in the front door and straight ahead of you is the sliding door to go out to the back patio in the backyard. And then you can either go upstairs or downstairs like there's two sets of stairs where you can either go downstairs into kind of like our den TV hangout area or you can go to the upstairs level, which is like the kitchen and the bedrooms and kind of like the dining room area. So um, like one morning I got up and I went to the kind of mid level to let my dog outside. I went back upstairs to start prepping my son's bottle. And then when I went back to that middle landing level to let my dog back inside, the lights in the downstairs den were on and I was like, oh, okay. And that really freaked me out because I was like, that was kind of the first moment where I was really like, okay, is there someone in this house? Do I need to grab my kid and my dog and book it? Like, I mean, it was just, it was so unnerving to just see that and you know, when I was, again, when I was talking to my friend about it, she was like, you know, sometimes our brains go on autopilot all the time. Right. I mean, we see it like, you know, you, uh, walk into a room and you're like, why am I here? How did I end up here? You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you just kind of do that. And I was like, again, most of the time I would agree with you, but, um, with my son, I ended up having a C-section. So, um, you know, when they give you kind of like the list of like rules to, you know, make sure that you stay safe and healthy with your incision as, as it's healing and, you know, to not injure yourself or put a lot of pressure on your incision while you're, you know, healing post childbirth. And one of the main things that they tell you is like, try to limit the amount of times that you go up and down the stairs. So I was not like, Just going up and down stairs in my house willy nilly, like going up and down the stairs, was actually a pretty slow and arduous process. (laughs) So I was like, it's not like I would have just gone downstairs and forgot about it and turned on the lights and been like, oh, oops, you know? Because I was like a, I was like an eighty year old woman going up and down those stairs even just to let my dog outside. So, you know, it it was just kind of weird. And again, I didn't really mention anything to my husband, and then. Um finally, like <laughs> there was one night where things just it got a little scary because like we started noticing that there would be times where um my son we would put him in his crib and we would check the baby monitor and there like he would have the little you know the little burp cloths that we use to kind of wipe his face after we feed him. And there would be a burp cloth in the crib with him and we would be like, Oh, what the heck? You know? And again, it's like we were kind of blaming ourselves for just like not paying attention and, you know, not thinking about it and just putting him in his crib. And, you know, it started kind of freaking me out a little bit because obviously, you know, that's a dangerous thing. You know, you, especially a young baby, you don't want them in the crib with anything that could potentially cover their faces and you know, potentially suffocate them or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we were just kind of like, you know, like me and my husband were kind of saying to each other, like, dude, make sure you're not putting him in the crib with the burp cloth. Like, come on, you know, you know, we gotta make sure that we're being like vigilant about that. And so there was one night that I was feeding our son and my husband was already in our bedroom. And it sounds so silly, but like I have I was actually like talking out loud. To myself, like to make sure that I was, you know, doing everything. I was like, okay, I finished feeding our son. I am putting him in the crib. Like I was narrating everything that I was doing, like not only for myself, but also like my husband could hear over the baby monitor from the other room. And I was like, okay. The burp rag is right there. I'm looking at it right now. It is on the bedside table, nowhere near him. I'm double checking the crib. There is no burp cloth in the crib with him. Okay. And I walk out of the room. And, you know, for about 10 minutes, my husband and I are laying in bed, you know, talking to each other, watching TikToks, you know, just kind of hanging out. And I say to my husband, I'm like, hey, can you check the baby monitor and see how he's doing? And my husband checks the baby monitor and he's like, dude what the heck? And I'm like, what, what's wrong? And he shows me the baby monitor. And our son has a burp cloth on top of him, literally right under his chin. And I was so upset. I mean, I was almost near tears. And I was like, you heard me like you heard me talking to myself like an idiot, you know, narrating everything that I was doing. I was like, it's impossible. It's literally impossible for that to have happened. And that's, kind of what forced me to open up to my husband about the weird experiences that I was having in the house and he was like, "Well, awesome." Because like he's a good Catholic boy, you know, he doesn't really believe in that stuff. Um well, he does. Let me re- let me reframe that. He believes in it. He just doesn't want to mess with it. And he's like one of those people where he's like if it exists, fine, but I don't want to acknowledge it. Don't want to mess with it. Don't want any part of it. No mm-hmm. thank you. And um he was like, awesome. Like, what are we going to do about this? And I was like, I don't know, because I don't even know like what it is. I mean, the only thing that I could tie it to was us bringing our son home from the hospital, but like, it doesn't make any sense. And I was like, kind of, you know, and we were just kind of talking about it and, and, um, you know, we just really weren't sure what the next steps were. The only thing was that we were just kind of upset about what was going on. And the, potent, you know, the fact that it was now potentially a safety issue, um, you know, for our child. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of when I realized, I'm like, well, any indication or any possibility that this was like one of my, you know, loving grandparents or something before, well, now we definitely know it's not one of them. You know, that just kind of uh, verified it. So, um you know, we didn't really think to, you know, we we were kind of like we didn't really know where to go from there. And then things kind of fell into place where the realization really started coming over us because um so about a year before I even had my son, you know, kind of to rewind a little bit, about a year before I had my son, um you know, my parents are now empty nesters. Me and all my siblings are out of the house. We're married. We have kids. My parents are now like kind of, you know, alone in the house that we were raised in. And now they're trying to like get rid of all the stuff in their house now and kind of like give us the stuff that we used to have when we were kids. And, you know, they're kind of like pushing it on us now where they're like, take all our stuff now. So about a year before my son was born and we were over at my parents' house. And my mom was like, hey, I've got this box full of like old board games that you used to have when you were a little girl. Do you want them? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Why not? And she brings out like this box of board games and included in this box of board games was my old Ouija board. Uh, that I, had. I saw like, that typical, coming. Like. I know. <laughs> and uh, you know, the typical like old 90s, you know, Ouija board. And um, I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And I put it in the back of my car. And when we got in the car, my husband was like, "You were not bringing that Ouija board inside the house. And I was like, Oh, my God, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And he's like, No, I don't want that thing inside the house. I don't like that stuff. Don't want to associate it with it. No, thank you. So um you know we we get home and me being me I totally forget about this box of board games in the back of my car for literally an entire year. <laughs> like I don't I'm not I don't really drive that much. Um I've actually worked from home full time for the past 3 years, so even when there's not a pandemic going on, I I don't really I'm not a commuter. I work from home. Um you know, it was one of those things where I just kind of Kept I kept forgetting that it was in there. Like, I would be like, oh, you know, loading up groceries in the back of my car. And I'd be like, oh, I should bring that inside the house.
0: Well, I and have I a totally lot of things like it that. Yeah, yeah, I'm used so to So
2: just, I just totally, yeah, totally kept forgetting about it until right before my son was born. Um, we were kind of doing the final preparations for getting, you know, a baby into the house. And we took a child care class and, you know, a lot of that had to do with safety. And they said, I mean, it's good to kind of of put into practice anyway, but especially if you have a child in your car, you should take out anything that isn't tied down. Because God forbid, in the event that you're in an accident, anything that's loose in your car could become a projectile, which makes a car crash even more dangerous, Mm -hmm. especially to a child who doesn't have reflexes. So that's what we did. Me and my husband went into our car and we took everything out, you know, coffee mugs, cups, tools, um, like anything that was in our car that wasn't like nailed down, essentially, we, you know, brought inside and that included the box of stuff and the Ouija board. And again, I listened to my husband and I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I won't bring it inside the house. I'll bring it inside the garage. And again, you know, then I went into labor and my son was born and again, kind of forgot about it. And it wasn't until like one night, again, a couple nights after the whole burp cloth situation happened with my son, where my husband he kind of like walked in the room and he was like, Hey, when did you say all this stuff started happening? And I was like, like right after we brought our son home from the hospital. And he's like, you mean when you brought the Ouija board (laughs) inside the garage? And I was like, Oh uh, yeah. Oops. Yeah, you're right. And he's like, he's like, Oh my God. He's like, we need to get rid of this. This is ridiculous. Like you need to get rid of this. And I was like, okay, I was like let me talk to my friend again the same girl who was you know who is kind of well versed in dealing with these kinds of situations and i was like i want to make sure that we do this properly so let me talk to her let me see what we can do because then i started getting really freaked out like what the hell did we invite into our home with this thing and that's the thing is like even though i've had that ouija board for a long time i don't really have any like specific memories of ever really using it. You know, like I mean I'm thirty-two years old, so the last time I probably used it was over twenty years ago. You don't think your you know, parents sure used, it? used it I I don't know. Maybe they did at some point. <laughs> Who knows? But um you know I yeah so it's like I'm like I don't really have any scary memories of it or anything. Like, oh man, remember that one time we used the Ouija board and you know such and such happened. So but I I mean, again, it's like it is possible that, you know, one of my siblings used it or I mean, hey, maybe my parents did use it. I have no idea. But it's like that was the only thing that we could think of being attached to the house.
0: So did you get rid or, of it? or What was that? Did you get rid of it?
2: So that's kind of the funny part is um, after we so when my husband was like, you think it was the Ouija board? And I was like, oh, no, I think it might be. I actually later that night went out to the garage to throw something away because that's where we keep our garbage bins. And um, we also keep, we don't really park in our garage. It's a little bit too small. And we like, my husband has like tools in there and a bunch of other stuff. So it's just kind of a, we just park in the driveway. We don't park in our garage, but in our garage, we have my son's um, stroller. And on the stroller, we have this little portable fan that we use for when we take them for walks. And if it's a little bit hot outside, well, I walk out into the garage and this fan on my son's stroller is turned up to full blast. And this thing is like, you know, it's one of those rechargeable fans and it doesn't have that long of a battery life. So it's not like it was going all that time because it would have died out. Uh And I walk back in the house and I'm like, hey, husband, did you turn the fan on on our son's stroller? And he was like, why? And I'm like, oh, no reason. <laughs> and, and I was and he's like, oh, my God, what is going on? And I was like, it's on full blast out there right now. I was like, you, you better not be messing with me right now even though I knew he hadn't been out there, neither of us had been out there. And he's like, oh my God. And he's like, I don't like this stuff. I don't like this stuff. This is why I don't like this stuff. And he's just like, and I'm like, okay, all right. Well, good to know that you didn't do this. All right. Awesome. And, um, that was very scary because it was almost kind of, to me, it was almost like a message of like, yeah, I know you talking about me. And I, know <laughs> I hear <out> you. <laughs> where I came from, and I was just like, "Oh, geez." Well, so I I kept saying to my husband, "I'm like, I'm like, let me do this the proper way, you know, because that's always how people get into trouble with Ouija boards in the first place, right? Is they don't close out the board properly, or they don't make their intentions clear." So I was like, "Let me make sure I do this the right way." Well. The next day was garbage day and my husband was so sick of it that he took the Ouija board and he threw it out into the trash before he rolled the garbage cans down to the curb for the garbage man to come pick up. (laughs) (laughs) So he took care of that problem because he was just like, again, he's just, he's very serious and he's just kind of like no nonsense when it comes to that stuff. And he's like, I don't care. Like (laughs) now this thing potentially like knows and he's like, I just, I don't want it. I don't want it. So the next day when I found that out, you know, I did um I did sage the house and kind of talk out loud and just say like, hey, you know, we don't want you here. If you're a bad spirit, you know, GTFO, if you're a good spirit, sorry, but we don't really want you here either. We are so, full
0: house, no more.
2: Yeah, right. Like get out goodbye. And um you know, I will say, thankfully, that really kind of seemed to take care of it. It we haven't had anything weird happening at all. Um, you know, that that's that would seem to be the trick that kind of ended it. But um yeah, super weird. And that was this
0: is actually that was our experience. This is very validating for me because I, I don't know if you've ever heard me tell my story like this, but you know, I acquired <laughs> a Ouija board that I never used. And things like this were happening around my place. And then I just threw it away. And when I was in the thick of it, I didn't know what to do. And I also was, I wanted to make sure I did it the right way. And I just decided ultimately, I mean, I was your husband in this situation and I just threw it in the dumpster (laughs) and, uh, and everything luck luckily ended. So I don't know, maybe sometimes that works. (laughs) Maybe that's, that's all you need to do sometimes. Right.
2: Like it's almost like the, the, Physical action of like tossing it and just being like, nope, don't want you here. Like maybe that, maybe actually works.
0: (gasps) There's a ghost in my house. Hello. Hello. How are you? (gasps) Is this Peter? Yes, it is. Peter, my first person from Australia on the show. Oh, really? First one. Yes, wow. I'm honored. Thank you for waking up so early. No problem at all. <laughs> Been so excited to do this. Yeah, me too. So I want to hear about. Okay, you sent me two stories, and I was absolutely blown away by, especially the Ouija one. But let's do let's do the first one, which is um, your family home when you were younger. Yes. What happened yes. there?
3: so i was about 13 12 13 years of age and uh we'd bought our parents (laughs) um for their wedding anniversary uh screen security doors for the house as you know in australia it's very hot in summer and it's very good to have these doors security doors attached to the house then you don't need to close the main doors so you can let the breeze through Mm -hmm. but my mother never ever wanted to lock them. Though they were security doors, she just felt safe. One night we'd gone to our auntie's house, we returned back to our house, and the doors were locked. My father hadn't locked them, my mother hadn't locked them, neither had my brother. So we walked around to the back of the house and my brother's bedroom window was opened, and just ajar, and he climbed through, opened the doors, And, of course, my father went in first checking all the rooms to make sure we hadn't been burgled or nothing was unsavoury there. My mum went to her jewellery, my brother went to his record collection, and I, you know, just walked through the house. All the house was lit up because my mother turned on all the lights. I walked into my bedroom and I could see someone laying in my bed. (laughs) I couldn't physically see... A person, but I could see the shape underneath the blanket. And for some unknown reason, I just jumped into bed and formed the same shape as that shape.
0: God knows why. Wait, what? I know you said some unknown reason, but what? Why? I I I would run. I know you think you.
3: I think I should have ran, but for some reason, I just. I don't know where I just did it. I wasn't scared. And then all of a sudden my mum walked past the bedroom door bedroom and she said, What are you doing? It's too early for bed. And I just stood up out of the bed. I was, she said, Oh my God, you're so pale. I was shaking. And then that was it. It just left me. Whatever happened, I just felt normal again. And I guess because I was only 13, I didn't really understand what was happening. So Weird. that was, yeah, that was fine. My mum just laughed it off. I, I did tell her and she just said, oh, you're seeing things. You're just imagining things. So that was fine. The next night, uh, it was a Monday night, I recall it clearly, and my sister and her husband had come over for dinner. We're all in the kitchen preparing the meal. Was about to serve it up. I was making the sauce my... Brother-in-law was carving the meat. My sister was doing vegetables or my mother was doing vegetables. And we're all in the kitchen area. And then all of a sudden, the fridge started to vibrate and make a noise. We all sort of looked. And then all of a sudden, within, inside the fridge, we could hear things being moved. So my brother-in-law went to open the fridge door. And he grabbed the handle and it just wouldn't open. And he was trying to force it but it wasn't budging then suddenly the noise that came from within was just like a mini hurricane or cyclone was inside the fridge we could hear bottles clanging hitting each other we could hear things falling over we could hear liquid being splashed we could just hear this terrible terrible no it wasn't a it was like a groaning noise just and amidst of all these bottles and other noises from the things inside the fridge. We all just stood there in amazement. My brother-in-law couldn't open the fridge. And then suddenly the fridge just flew opened and nothing was amiss in the fridge. Everything was still perfectly how it was before this noise.
2: Wow.
0: That's like a now, magic trick it
3: really was because if you could hear the noise like we could hear bottles smashing we could hear it The four of us were standing there we could hear this noise we knew something was happening in the fridge it was like there was an earthquake but i mean we don't get earthquakes in sydney yeah. so it was just bizarre and we just we were so shocked by it that we couldn't talk and we just continued preparing the food walked to the dining table started to eat in silence and then my mother burst out laughing, and that just broke broke the air.
0: Did she believe you then about the night before?
3: No, no, <laughs> not at all. She's a very hard woman. She doesn't believe in anything like that paranormal. And you know, I hadn't ventured into it. I didn't understand. I, you know, of course, I watched horror films, but I didn't really get into anything till years later. So I didn't really understand it, and I just dismissed it.
0: So did things continue to happen, or was that the
3: end of it? That was it. Two days, the Sunday and the Monday, and that was it in that house. Nothing else happened.
0: So, I do you, what do you left. think? Like, triggered it was? It was the doors, or what was it?
3: Uh, I don't know because my parents had actually built the house, so it wasn't as if you know someone had died in there previously or anything like that. I've read that you know it usually does happen to females but when they're 13 years old hitting puberty poltergeists can um come into the house yeah maybe maybe it was some polter. i don't know because as i said it only lasted two days
0: Or maybe it was just a ghost that was like tired, laid into your bed. Then it was like, I'm hungry. Went to your fridge and then was like, I'm out of here. These people don't even believe in me. (laughs) Exactly. That's probably more the truth. (laughs) So tell me the Ouija
3: story. Okay. So this was a big one. Um, This was many years later. I was living in London and my friend and I had left London to go live in Spain. And then we were suddenly, or she was, she'd applied for a job and back in London, but we'd already gone to Spain and then they called her and asked us to return. So we returned back to um, London. We had nowhere to stay because we'd given up our apartment, but our friend, um, she was house-sitting and she said, come stay with me for a few days until um, you get you know back on your feet. So... She was living in Blackfriars, which is in the heart of London, and it's in the um, city district. It's just high-rises, not um, apartments, and that's about it. There's not much going for it. It's on the Thames. It's quite stark, grey, not a very attractive area. And uh, so that night, we'd gone out drinking, as you do, um, celebrating that we'd come back to London. We returned back to my friend's apartment and she said, Let's do a a seance. She had previously done one with me um, months and months before. So I was still extremely skeptical of um, seances. So she made the Ouija board, just cutting up letters and the words yes and no and numbers. We got glasses. She felt she knew what she was doing. So she made say the Lord's Prayer. She lit candles. She had the correct music on. She felt like she knew what she was doing. So we started, she started asking if anyone was there and nothing was happening at first. And then all of a sudden the glass, our three fingers, because there was three of us, the glass was moving to letters, two letters at a time. For example, like PK, JD. T, Z, just we couldn't understand it. Then I can't remember which one of us, but we said, oh, are they initials? And the glass very strongly moved to yes. So sometimes the glass would move around the the table and it would go to someone. And for some reason, like, I just knew I had to ask questions. So we this was going on for half an hour and then we gathered that, all of the people that were coming through, because it was crazy for that first 15 minutes, that um, it was the Black Death. People had died here because of the plague. And when we said that, the class automatically went to yes. So we, all right, that's fine. We know someone had, um, people had died around this area hundreds of years ago. Um, My friend who's Spanish, she spoke Spanish because people came through and she just had the feeling that she had to speak Spanish. I, for some reason, I don't know why, I felt I had a new, not a newborn, but I had a baby in my arms. And I asked if this was a baby and it said yes. It was just bizarre, like so many entities or spirits were coming through. And then suddenly the glass went to our fingers on it, went to F-O-G, kept spelling the word fog. And of course we're laughing, oh yes, you know, the fog's always in London, Jack the Ripper times, blah, blah, blah. So we were just sort of laughing it off, but the glass kept going F-O-G, F-O-G, very, very strong. And with the three of us all taking our fingers off the glass at a time, just to see the other one wasn't pushing it, And then suddenly the glass just flew off and hit me in my chest. It was only like a little glass, but it just shocked us all. And then we said, okay, let's stop it now. So we, my friend said what she had to say to get out of the seance. I was, of course, shaken um, just why the glass had hit me. So we went to bed. Um, I had a sleepless night, obviously, because I was just wired by what had happened. So I did get up at about six in the morning. I thought I'll make the girls breakfast. So I had to go to the shops. So grabbed the keys, walked out of the building, and then realised that, you know, this is in the city district. There's no shops around. So I had to walk quite a few um, blocks till I found something, and I came across a kiosk 7-Eleven sort of shop, and it was selling, had like a petrol, area to drive in and then the shop itself so i walked in there grabbed the little basket thought i'll get some breakfast produce and then i heard loud popping sounds so i thought oh that's weird noise and i looked out the window couldn't see anything there was another woman in the shop she i saw her pop her head up over the aisle and looked out the window as well so we heard about four three or four pops very loud pops So that was it. We didn't say anything. Then I came to the checkout and she was in front of me. And she was an older woman and she had 10 cans of cat food. I just remember she had all this cat food. So she put it up on the counter. The man um, scanned it or whatever he did, rung it up on the register. And then suddenly we heard the pop noise again and the door opened up right in front of us. This man just stood there and said, help. And we looked at him, and then we heard another pop, and then we saw blood splatter in the back of his neck. He fell down. We sort of dragged him in and then understanding, oh, my God, this is gunshots, and, you know, this is London back in the early 90s, which was, you know, unheard of. Well, for me, it's a you know, tourist living there. And so we dragged him in. I saw him go from a normal colour just to pale. He just went so pale. And then we heard this noise of a car and the woman who was buying the cat food, she yelled out to the shop assistant, get the licence plate number. So we're trying to... Calm this man down because he's sort of not knowing what's happened. Then he stood up and we're yelling at him to lay down in case, you know, the gunman's still out there. And then the shop assistant yells out, to he was rec- reading the licence plate on the car, he goes, to O, G, seven, five, four. And from that moment, it's a bit of a blur. I've tried to... I know the man left. He wouldn't stay in the shop with us. He was covered in blood, but he walked back out. He got into a car and then he drove down the road. Um, Unfortunately, he crashed it like about, you know, a minute later because, you know, he was bleeding so severely. The shop assistant said to us, guys, I'm calling the police, but if you want to stay, you can stay. If you want to leave, get out now. So I thought this is the best thing for me to get out. I don't remember paying for the goods, but I must have because I had they were put in a shopping bag. All I remember is getting back to the apartment block, and by this time it must have been 7 a.m. They had a doorman on, and he looked at me and he said, "Are you okay?" And that's when I realised like I came to. I couldn't can't remember walking home. But I just. Getting back to my senses, it was when that doorman said, are you okay? And I looked and realised I had blood on me. And I said, oh, yeah, I just saw, I helped someone in an accident. Walked inside to the apartment and that was it. Just the shock hit me. My friends had were awake. They were having coffee. They were trying to tell me, were trying to see what had happened to me. And I couldn't make sense because I was just, you know, upset and shaking and just, just in shock. So they gave me a drink of whiskey to calm me down and then I told them the story. And we all sat there in disbelief for hours until we went back. I said, let's go back to the um, shop so I can see this really happened. Because for some reason it was just too paranormal, too weird, too unreal that you know I had been given these letters the night before. And then this major incident happens in my life revolving, involving these letters. It's so crazy. It is. So we went back to the shop and the guy agreed. He said it was a drug deal that had gone wrong of some sort. And, you know, the, the guy had crashed the car and that was it. It was on the news that evening uh, because, you know, young Guns weren't a big crime weren't a big thing in London at the time, yeah, um, so it was on the news and yeah, I don't know if maybe one of the bullets were meant for me. If I'd walked out the shop a minute earlier, I could have been hit by a bullet. if the spirits were trying to tell me something I, I really don't know
0: yeah Wow, either way, it's an incredible story.
3: Uh, Honestly, when I tell people about it, they're just in shock. They don't believe it. But, you know, I have witnesses.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And I just can't work out why, like, why, what was the purpose of it? Yeah. You know, I'd love to find out, but we were too scared to ever do a seance again in that apartment block.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. Hello. Hello. Hi, Ross. Hi, Annie. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you?
0: So good. Where are you?
4: I am in Dover, New Hampshire.
0: Oh, my God. Well, I was reading the email you sent me and you were talking about some haunted house you lived in. What is going on with that?
4: Yeah. So um, I grew up in a house in Rochester, New Hampshire. It was built in the 1700s. It was actually built before the town records, so we're not even sure, like, exactly how old it is.
0: Or what Uh, happened there.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um, But, yeah, I uh, had lots of spooky stuff happen um, when I was growing up, even as, like, a young adult.
0: Well, so, did your family live there? Like, were you born in that house, or did you uh, move into it later?
4: Yeah, no, I I lived there um my whole life up until like my early 20s.
0: So it was like kind of always known that it was haunted?
4: Yeah, I mean, my my parents would say like that my sister and I were imagining it, but like I I totally believe it was.
0: Oh, so your parents never experienced it?
4: Um I mean, they they say they didn't, but um I mean my mom was there one time when we heard stomping um in an empty room and she called for my dad who like came and confirmed that there was like nobody in that room so like I don't know I think I think they just didn't want to believe
0: Yeah well so what are some of the things that happened to you
4: Ooh um so my sister and I um both heard like a little girl's voice pretty frequently. Like she'd be like talking or singing. Um, what would she be
0: talking about?
4: Oh, we we didn't hear any uh any like actual words. We just hear like from the other room like well
0: that's enough. That's enough for me to <laughs> be terrified. Was she singing? Which what was she singing? Like some um, uh,
4: yeah, like generic uh, creepy child horror movie sing <laughs> sing songy things. <laughs> la, la 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 la.
0: Oh God! So did you ever see her?
4: Um, I I kind of had a funny experience. Um, in my twenties, I was sitting by this tree, this maple tree that I really liked, super old, big tree. Um, and I like closed my eyes and like. I envisioned, like, this, like, maple tree little girl, like, kind of fairy creature. Um, so I don't really know what that was about or if it was just my imagination. But I was, mm. I was like, hmm, maybe there's something to that.
0: Yeah, it could be. What was the story that happened during a slumber party?
4: Yeah, so that was really creepy. And a lot of my friends remember that. Um so we were hanging out in my bedroom. This was like in middle school. Um and we were sitting by this like creepy little closet that I never used. Um and we just heard like from the other side of the door knock 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 and we all went completely silent and then we heard it again knock knock knock. And oh we were so spooked we like ran downstairs. I think we ended up sleeping downstairs that night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean you know people think that three knocks are the devil.
4: Ooh, I did not know that.
0: That's what people say. I mean people that believe that route they they think that demons do three knocks because it is kind of uh their way of I guess you I guess what I've been told is sort of like they're making fun of uh the the uh the trinity is that what we would say the father the son the holy spirit it's like yeah. they're that's what i've heard but i don't know that's just what paranormal tv shows tell me but it, did it seem like it was something evil
4: um i i think at the time we thought it was like a demon come to get us but like after i stopped being afraid of like spirits i was kind of interpreted more as like a playful kind of thing like mm. it was like a group of girls all hanging out having fun like and if there was a little girl spirit, I imagine that she maybe would have wanted to join in on that.
0: How many girls were over?
4: I think it was around three
0: see three three girls, three knocks yeah what do you think was it at three a m because you know that, but that would just make it perfect.
4: no it was, it was probably like around nine thirty um
0: oh, so it was still early, yeah. Interesting. What about sleep paralysis there?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, so that used to happen to me all the time. Um, and it's never happened ever since. Um, but yeah, there was one night, um, my friend and I were sleeping in um, our living room. And um, I had sleep paralysis that night and felt like a force was like trying to take over my body. And um, And that same night, my friend said that she saw somebody like walk by the door. um, And then we were so freaked out when she like mentioned it. And we realized that we were the only people there that night.
0: Mm. (laughs) So, who was that? Was that also a little girl or somebody else?
4: Well, she thought it was my mom. So I think it must have been like, you know, tall enough to be a mom.
0: Wow. Yeah. I was also reading that you were telling me about, uh, well, your sister had had some experiences. What happened with her with uh, a plush toy?
4: Yeah, so she acknowledges this, that this might have been a dream, but she just remembers it like it actually happened when she was really little. Um, her stuffed animals like became illuminated with like a glowing electric blue light and started dancing around her room.
0: <laughs> I mean sorry I didn't mean to laugh like at her but that's just that's kind of a cool visual
4: yeah I think it's cute
0: yeah it could be worse but then I was then I was reading more about what you were sending me and then you're talking about you saw something blue too you saw an electric blue grinning face what is that
4: yeah so that that was like in my 20s um I I opened my eyes and I just saw this like glowing blue face like hovering over my face smiling at me it kind of looked like a like a jack-o'-lantern face like the eyes and the mouth were the were the only things and they were the ones that were glowing and I was just like and then I was like well I mean I've made it this far and I've only had like good experiences so I'm sure it's just some cheeky spirit coming to creep me out a little so I just went back to sleep
0: so what do we think? How many spirits do we think are in there?
4: Oh, I I don't know. I, yeah.
0: So it like seems I, like a girl, a grinning face, a mom height.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I did have times where I was, like, uncomfortable. Like, all the times we had um, sleep paralysis. Um, but I think there was a lot of times where I, I felt like very comfortable. And like, there is a lot of good energy there.
0: Mm. So, but you guys don't know the exact history when it comes to like people dying there or anything like that.
4: Yeah, that's right.
0: Hmm. So, but is your family still there?
4: No, unfortunately, my mom um, sold the house a couple years ago.
0: And so she never really had an experience other than that stomping.
4: Yeah, that's right. She's she's like a tough broad, though. So I feel like even if she did experience something, she'd be like, oh, it must have been the wind.
0: <laughs> but what if it's like a face hovering over you when you're sleeping? <laughs> she's like, oh, it's just the wind.
4: Yeah, right.
0: Oh, crazy. So had you had any other experiences?
4: Yeah. Um, I... I just remembered when um, that was really scary when it happened. I was like, I was in middle school um, and I was home by myself for some reason. Um, And this was probably in the evening, like, I don't know, four or five o'clock. And um, this was back in the day when we had answering machines. And yeah, without the phone ringing, the answering machine like clicked on, like somebody was leaving a message and like, creepy, heavy breathing started coming out of it.
0: <laughs> that's spooky. Yeah. See, that's what I don't understand. This was like 1700s ghosts. I never understand how they can do, like how they know how to do an answering machine.
4: Right. I don't know.
0: Because I've seen those videos on YouTube where it's like kids trying to figure out what an answering machine is or a VHS tape and they can't even figure it out. Yeah. So I can't imagine like a 1700s ghost trying to figure out how to do that.
4: Yeah, maybe it was like a 70s ghost or something.
0: It could be. But when did when did your parents move in there?
4: Um, they moved in 87, I think, 88.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we don't know. It could it could have been a 70s ghost. Yeah. I've been ghosted too thank you so much to Kathleen, Caitlin, Peter, and Annie. That was truly a good one. So, again, please go to Patreon.com. You can see that video of me showing you guys my drag closet. And I'll do all kinds of random videos from now on, so you just let me know what you want me to do a video about, and, you know, there's a good chance I'll probably make a video about it as long as I can keep my clothes on. Or maybe not. I don't know. Whatever you guys want. Times are tough. I'll do anything at this point. Also posted today is that exclusive bonus clip from today's episode, and you can find that on the second tier of my Patreon. You can find me on Venmo at Queen Roz. You can find me on Cameo at Roz Drezfeles. Please join our Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Drezfeles, which is a great place to leave your ghost stories and I always want to do these listener episodes every month, so please send me your ghost stories at ghostedbyraz at gmail.com. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye!